Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. This week we've got a very Wales-oriented episode for you. I had a chat earlier in the week with Kellen Kenny, one of our paediatric trainees here in Wales, who has a regular spot on the Welsh language channel S4C, where she delivers health promotion messages to the Welsh-speaking public. We spoke about Kellen's career in paediatrics so far, about her lifelong interest in working in the media, and how these paths met when she was asked to present on the TV show Prynhounda. Anyway, let's get started. Okay, so um, I'm very fortunate today to be here with a local celebrity. We've got Kellen Kenny. Oh, don't encourage me, Asim. <laughs> but you are, you're our local celebrity. Hi, Kellen, how's it going? Hi, Asim. Thanks so much for having me on Dragon Bite. <laughs> well, you're more than welcome um, to be here. Um, so, for people who don't know, um, Kellen is one of our paediatric trainees in Wales, is that right? Yeah, I'm one of the ST3s working in Cardiff at the moment. Um, so yeah, but I've also got another, I would say, interest, um, and I work also with S4C, which is the Welsh um, television channel, and I work on a programme called Pronoun Da, which is literally a Welsh translation of Good Afternoon, and I work alongside the um, medical team on that, um, giving... Um, information as a children's doctor on uh, live tv that's amazing and that's basically what we're here to chat about today yeah i am and i'm hoping to get people just to raise a bit of awareness about the welsh language as well especially within medicine because within wales as well we have to remember a lot of our young patients a lot of them only speak welsh i was one of them i couldn't speak any english until the age of six so um, I think it'll be a good opportunity as well to sell the Welsh language. I think that's fantastic. Um, I couldn't speak any English until the age of four, but Welsh wasn't my primary language at the time. Anyway, um, so uh, I thought we could start just by learning a little bit about you, Kellen. So um, can you tell us a bit about, you know, your career so far, um, everything you've done medicine related? Um, yeah, so I went to Cardiff Medical School. I didn't go very far. Um, but then when I graduated, I went. I did venture across the border and I literally went to the border and, and did my foundation training in Shrewsbury and Telford. About as close to us as you could get. Exactly. So I went away, but literally just to the border. I wasn't brave enough to go any further. And um, I did a foundation F2 job in Peds. And I was initially, I started, and it's actually quite a funny story, because I started my core medical training with your wife. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, um, and that's how I came to know who you were. Um, and my first day of core medical training, they asked me if I had any questions. And I said, when can I hand in my notice? Because <laughs> <laughs> I really, I just knew that finishing my F2Ps job, I couldn't go back to adults anymore. <laughs> um, so I was really lucky um, to be put in touch with Colin Powell, 
and it's actually a funny story. So I was looking for Colin Powell's office, um, who was one of the general paediatricians at the time in the Heath. And I walked into Jenny Calvert's office, who was the clinical director for neonates. And as it happened, there were no general peds, um, clinical fellow jobs in the Heath, Newport or Swansea at the time. But there was a clinical fellow job in Nickgill. And I had an email from Jenny Calvert saying, I think we met because you walked into my office looking for Colin Powell. Um, and if you want to come and have a chat and and see if you want to do a clinical fellow job in Nickgill, which obviously is just finishing F2 a tertiary NICU job is terrifying, but it was one of the best years I've had, I would say. Um, and then I got into peds training the year after, and since then I did a year of general peds, as you do, half six months in the Heath, six months in a DGH in Swansea. Oh, and we should probably point out by the Heath we mean the University Hospital of Wales, it's just our nickname for it in Cardiff. As, yeah, how we knew it in med school as well. Um, and then I went to Swansea, to Morriston Hospital in Swansea for six months. Then I went back to NICU at the University Hospital of Wales. Um, and now and then I did six months community. And now I'm doing an oncology job at the, the University Hospital of Wales, which I'm really enjoying. Well, I mean, that's incredible. I, I didn't know that story about you and Jenny Calvert at all. That's amazing. Uh, so you must have, um, so I'm guessing you must have applied for core medical right at the start of your F2 year. And because you, it, does that mean it was you, that, you know, because PEDS was your last job in F2, is that why it was only then that you realised medicine wasn't for you? Um, I've always enjoyed working with children, but I thought I'd find it too hard working with children in a hospital setting. So before I went to med school, I was a swimming instructor, so I was used to working with children all the time um so I knew I had I was I was fortunate to be able to form good rapport with children um and stuff but then I thought I wouldn't be able to deal with children being unwell but doing my f2 job I just fell in love with the specialty and I knew there was no way I could go back to a general medical on call <laughs> well I remember full well when you were applying to do this NICU placement because I happened to be in NICU in the University Hospital of Wales at the same time. And as you've already mentioned, you were working with my wife, um, Heather. And Heather turned to me and said, one of the SHOs I'm working with has ha already had enough of medicine and she's going to come join you on Neonate. Can you make sure you take good care of her? Her name's Kellen. Mm, and you did. You listened to your wife. I tried. You did. But that was a really good year. I enjoyed that year of working with you. Yeah, we had an excellent year. There was a really nice team. And it just made me realise I'd done the right thing, leaving core medical training to do peds. Which is something that everyone should do and realise. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, I mean, you told us a bit about what drew you into paediatrics. What What are the things you love most about being a paediatrician? Um, I think it's the relationship we can not only form with the children, but also with their parents as well. Because I think sometimes we forget there's two patients, the actual child in front of us and the parents. And I do really enjoy that aspect. I think because I just enjoy talking to people, as as you know very well. Um, <laughs> yes. Communication is a big part of who I am. Um, so I think that was one of the main things. And as well, I find the problem solving of paediatrics a lot more interesting than adults um, and it's just more fun do you know 
like even putting in a, in a cannula which is so stressful at times is in a way you can make it a game which makes pediatrics you know just a bit more fun and also rewarding I, I mean I totally agree uh, it's really interesting what you say about um about you know communicating to parents because actually one thing that I've learned having interviewed a lot of foundation trainees and medical students is one thing that scares a lot of them or puts the, a lot of them off pediatrics is the fact that they also have to deal with parents but I think those of us who work in the field we're actually pretty okay with it in fact we enjoy that aspect yeah 100 percent. and I think that's the thing about peds is you have to remember it's a family-centered um specialty so you have to take in the parents into consideration when you're dealing with the care of the child I completely agree. Anyway, it was lovely. So hopefully all our listeners will now have an idea as to the kind of person you are, which, um, to put it simply, is just a lovely, fantastic person. Um, So so moving on to your work with um, S4C, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started there and, uh, yeah, and everything from that point? So obviously I attended a Welsh primary school and Welsh secondary school. So being part of... um, being part of to performing is a big part of my life and um, so I started I've been doing the Eisteddfod which is obviously our national festival where we celebrate um the children of Wales almost um on an annual basis um so I was part of the Eisteddfod from a very young age so where uh, and actually a story this is why I think I, I was drawn to be in, into broadcasting was when I was little I, I was doing reciting and my recital teacher was in fact Hugh Edwards' mother so I feel like I've had to, <laughs> to tell because she also taught him and he's now presenting the news so if I could if I I had to have a very good teacher to be able to have the confidence to do that and through Sunday school she used to teach me how to say um a hymn and it's that confidence of public speaking which is what's drawn me into performing I would say and then I was fortunate to get loads of opportunities through my secondary school which is a school given Estrada in Llanelli um, I had loads of opportunities with um, the school choir and the again the Eisteddfod and public speaking I was part of the debating team and through there I made connections with S4C I when I was in year nine I filmed a tv program with Alex Jones who's now presenting the one show it was a Welsh tv program called Hypne Skip which the tra- the Welsh translation doesn't differ too much from the English and um, it was like a Welsh changing rooms so that started my interest into working within the media, especially Welsh media. And um, I went, I'd done a lot of work with Chinopolis, which is the TV studio that runs Pranounda, even through school. And I always, when I got into med school in sixth form, I always had in the back of my mind, I would love to combine my passion for medicine and also my interest and the enjoyment that I have with working within media as well. If there was a way in the future that I could combine them, that would be a dream come true. And when I was an F2, the junior doctors were going on strike in England and I was approached by um, a Bidar Bedwar, which means the world on four, which is our news night programme for S4C. 
and they filmed me my you know just a normal day as a junior doctor and then they filmed us how I felt about the strikes and from then I was approached by um the S4C knew was quite a bit and I've done quite a bit of work with um, uh, S4C news and then I got approached last year so I'm very fortunate I've got an excellent friend who's a TV presenter on Pranam Da and he'd obviously seen me because he's a supportive friend doing my bit on the news when they ask for um, my opinion and stuff um, he'd seen me on that and he knows I can talk and he knows I enjoy talking um, to people quite a bit um, and the TV doctor for the day um, that he was presenting was as it happened she was unwell and she was unable to be there and they, he phoned me up and he was like can you do me a favour can you talk about sepsis in children on pronounced Da tomorrow and as it happened I had a day off and I was like well yeah I can do it um and you know we talked things through and I was really fortunate I almost fell into the role so from someone calling in sick which is very ironic being a doctor and me having a day off I just did that one um little bit on sepsis and they asked me if I was free the following week and I was and then um it just then they asked me if I wanted to be part of the team which was an honour almost, because it's a TV show, Pranound R, that um, it's great, like any age can watch it. It's so a Welsh version of This Morning. It's a magazine show, deals with cooking, fashion, and of course, medicine. And it was it was almost a dream come true when they asked me to be on the what we call the famous yellow sofa. And especially working with one of my best friends, David, it was, it was, it's, it's great. Bloody Helga Elikhan. I had no idea about any of this part of your history that you were uh, essentially you've been a celebrity for so long. You've just been casually name dropping there this whole time. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say name dropping. I don't know if I like if Alex Jones passed me in the street now. I don't think she'd recognise me as the little girl I was when I worked with her. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you were in year nine at the time. I was year nine. Um, but yeah, so I've been fortunate to have a lot of experiences which started through my school um, and I'll be forever grateful for everything at School Estrada and um, all those opportunities they gave me both um, academically and extracurricular and performing on the Welsh Eisteddfod stage it's just, it's an honour and it's just such a good experience and gives you such a confidence boost. Um, so I've been fortunate through that to be able to feel that I can almost take my experiences from school, from the Eisteddfod, into my job, into something that's a vocation, to be able to take it further and use it in a positive way. And especially when it comes to child health, because there's not many individuals who speak about child health on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always, I mean, anything in which child health health's promoted is great, particularly when it's promoted by you know one of our experts in the field. And I hope, well, <laughs> working experts, you know, still <laughs> learning. <laughs> well, I mean, so so you've done. So your first um, time on the show was about sepsis. Um, how often are you on the show and, and what other sort of things have you been, you know, what other things do you get asked about while you're with them? So I've done a bit about sepsis 
Um, I've also done, there was um, CMV, National Awareness of CMV virus last year and they asked me to be part of that um, as it, and as it happened um, the lady so we had um there was a parent who'd written to the show saying my son contracted CMV when he was a baby when he was still inside me um, and I want to come on the show to talk about it and as it happened um, she was talking about this fantastic um, consultant at the University Hospital of Wales who took her under her wing and that was our very own Jennifer Evans. And I was like, oh my God, yes, yeah, she is fantastic. So it was it was just such a good experience to do that. Um, since then, obviously, we've had a pandemic hit. I don't know whether you're aware of that. <laughs> no, I've not heard about it. What, what was going, what's going on with this pandemic? <laughs> the coronavirus. And obviously, being working in in Cardiff and working in the hospital they've I've been doing um weekly updates almost answering questions and then of course when we had the um medical alert almost about the inflammatory response after contracting coronavirus for pediatrics they obviously asked me to talk about that so I was on it weekly during the peak of the pandemic but now I'm on it every two weeks every two to three weeks which obviously works well with with work and stuff because it is hard with the commitments of on-call shifts as well i mean that's incredible that you're on you're on there that regularly uh, it, it must be quite a workload having to because i mean you know when that stuff was coming out about the um sort of inflammatory response to covid there's a lot of information that we need to, that you need to take in before you can present it to the public yeah and i think what I think is fortunate as pediatricians that's something that we should be good at because how often do we have to go and speak to our parents and explain to them and when I'm asked questions on TV I always think right how would I explain this to a parent and how would I as a parent want um, this information shared to me and that's what I think when I'm um, being asked these questions on live TV you're just in work every day how would you explain this to a parent I mean that's fantastic. That's a really good way of going about it. Do you, I mean, I, I, yet again, I know everyone's aware now that this is a Welsh language show. Um, do you find that there's? I mean, are there any particular differences or difficulties that you run into doing things in a Welsh language form than in English? Um, I think one thing that I do do on when they ask me a question, I make sure I do use the English term, the correct English medical term, um, so that. And I explain the basics in Welsh, but when it comes to medical terms, I'll always use the English because I think that's important as well. Um, that you know the t the correct terms are getting across to parents and to the viewers, and also you know it it makes you sound more natural. I find when you you're having a discussion, if you just use the English terms on occasion, just to show, just to make that explanation a bit easier. Because sometimes, as much as I love the Welsh language, do you know, we have got a lot of extra letters, like the double L. And yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy language. And I suppose, I mean, uh, of course, a lot of these, um, a lot of these new terms won't have made their way into a Welsh translation yet, will they? No, exactly. But fortunate coronavirus is coronavirus. So it's not <laughs> too much. I love Welsh. Yeah, it's a great language. <laughs> And uh, uh, just to point out to the listeners, I'm not—I'm genuinely not making fun. I am born and raised in Cardiff, so I do have a very deep fondness for Welsh. And your wife is obviously Welsh speaking. 
And my wife, well, she wouldn't describe herself as that, but certainly all my in-laws are very Welsh speaking and she's Welsh trying. Yeah, I speak Welsh to her. She can speak Welsh. Yeah, she can understand it, but she doesn't, perhaps she just doesn't speak it around me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're getting all distracted. Let's get, let's get back on um, topic. So, um, you know, are there, do you find that there are any particular advantages to giving your health promotional um, messages in, in Welsh, in the local language? Um, I wouldn't say there's any, do you know, obviously I think speaking Welsh is an advantage, um, but I wouldn't say as such there's any advantages to giving it out in Welsh. I think it's just um, good for um, S4C viewers who, a lot, believe it or not, there's a lot of people in Wales who feel so much more comfortable just speaking in Welsh. I've got friends who are in their 20s and they they feel uncomfortable speaking in English. So there's that aspect of it. So it's a benefit for them. But I think it's just, if if the option is there to do something in Welsh, because um, we want to make sure that the language does continue, for me, I have to always take that advantage of making sure I take that option and make sure that parents and patients know that that option is there for them because I on the ward I'm on at the moment we've got a load of Welsh speakers and they always they're always excited to speak Welsh there's a patient today saying is it just you do you know obviously in Welsh can you tell me who else speaks Welsh um and things like that so I think that's nice for patients when they know that you speak Welsh when they it's their first language as well yeah absolutely in fact do you have because probably a lot of our listeners from outside of wales might not be aware of this do you have one of those you know cymru badges the i speak welsh badges oh i do and i have the lanyard i'm like um um what do they say a milor i'm like a welsh language soldier anyone i know <laughs> i can sniff out people who can speak welsh um, and i give them a lanyard i've got a bag for, i've got like loads of lanyards in my bag and i'm like have a welsh speaking one <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant um, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of Welsh speakers. I'm afraid I can't really help with that, but hopefully we'll get on to a bit more with that in a minute. Um, so I suppose we, we've discussed sort of the Welsh language aspect of, of your talks, more from a, um, a sort of clinical aspect. How do you make sure that, you know, the advice that you are being asked to be, you know, to give, you know, the advice you're asked to give when you're on your show, how do you make sure that that's in line with current evidence, in line with what the Royal College is preaching? Well, that's what I do. I go on to the Royal College. I make sure that I use everything. Everything that I share is information we've been given as trainees. Um, I look at our guidelines. Um, I look at any information shared to us. I look at the um recent updates on things. Um, do you know, um, and especially uh, on on our portal and the um, because the college have been doing a lot of regular updates and the new one coming through now is they're talking about the second pandemic which is the effect of um this pandemic on the mental health and well-being of our pediatric patients on on our children um so that's what i spoke about last week on the show because it's really important to remember that these this pandemic will have its effects that we don't even know we can't even see and um the effects on well-being which is which is going to be a big big thing in the coming months. Absolutely, I think something that's really topical on that on that um, front is is of course um, the the Royal College backing children going back to school because yeah. there's going to be this long term impact from uh, from our 
children having min- missed months and months of school. Yeah, so my mother's a head teacher, so a lot of things like that I discussed with her and her asked, you know, to see what she thought. She was giving me the um her update so I could make sure that everything I've got from the education point of view was correct. Um, so yeah, so I, it's good to see both sides, but I am hundred percent in. I think these children need to go back to school for them. Yeah, I, I think it's worth pointing out at this at this point. This is a slight aside, but one of our one of the uh, this we've got this fantastic um, trainee who's spoken with us before on Dragon Bites, um, uh, Kate Burke, uh, who's okay. nearly a consultant. And I don't know if you saw it, Kellen, but she she wrote this amazingly articulate and eloquent letter oh. to the Welsh Assembly. Um, highlighting all the opinions of the paediatric junior doctors about children going back to school. And she sent this letter to them. And I think it was just like two days later, another letter came from Russell Viner to the to the you know main government. It was just fa- fantastic that our trainees had essentially preempted a move from the Royal College. I know. How amazing is that? And that letter was fantastic. Uh, I, I strongly, anyone who's listening, if you haven't had a look, I strongly recommending, recommend going to Kate Burke's Twitter account and having a look at the letter because it's a brilliant letter. I 100% agree. Anyway, we're not talking about Kate Burke today. We're talking about the excellent Helen Kenny. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you're super famous now. Do you ever get recognised on the streets? Um, no, well, I wouldn't say I get recognised on the streets, but... Do you know, once people, because I've got, my name is quite, you know, Kellen Kenny. It's got a nice ring to it. Like, a lot of people say, oh, you're Kellen Kenny. Um, yeah, I, my gran talks about you. So it's more, because it's it's a TV programme loved by the grands. Um, <laughs> so the, people are more aware of the name. And I think there was, there's been a few patients on, in work, who, whose parents have recognised me. Um, so yeah, I and mean, one of them was on the way to pick and she was like, oh, you're on S4C. I was like, oh, I'm just <laughs> looking up. <after you." laughs> I was like, we'll talk about that again. I'll come back and see you. <laughs> oh, that must be a really nice feeling. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. I just want to make sure that I'm, that I'm, that they still feel that they can approach me. Even do you know? I want to be an approachable person on TV. Oh yeah, you you don't want you don't want to be one of those celebrities that everyone gets super intimidated by. Yeah, that's not me, is it? I, I, I <laughs> you're just too friendly. You're too approachable in I the way you are. Myself as a celebrity, um, but when I'm with my friend David, who's on the show regularly, people would be, like people would not notice us more then. Ah, oh, brilliant. Well, I, I thought what, one thing that we could do just to tie things off today is to, you know, get our head around Welsh language a bit. Now, when I, even though I was born and raised in Cardiff, I, I ditched Welsh when I was like, I think, 12 years old, because before Welsh became a mandatory GCSE, that's how old I am. Um, so I've long forgotten much of my Welsh. Could you give us a couple of Welsh phrases that you, you love in particular that we could start using day to day? Um, yeah, well, of course, Boreda, which is, you come on at him, you know, Boreda. Boreda. Is good morning. Yeah. And then you've got Prenhounda. Prenhounda. Um, good afternoon. And then Norsta is good night. Um, and obviously, Dioch. Dioch, thank you. Like, yeah. But one of my favourite, favourite Welsh sayings, and I've used it quite a lot through this pandemic, is 
Dow eto hail arfrin. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so Dow eto. Dow eto. Hail. Hail. Ar. Ar. Vrin. Vrin. So Dow eto. Dow eto hail arfrin. And I even taught this to Dr. Uzun, who I'm sure who's done a podcast as well. Yeah, he's done loads for us. Yeah, so he knows this as well. So it means that the, the sun will come out and shine again. And it's oh, a, lovely, isn't it? That is a lovely phrase. Yeah, so Daweto Hailadvrin. And I think that's so important for us to remember during this time. Because, you know, we are getting through it and it is getting better. That is an absolutely lovely phrase. I love it, Kellen. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it up in my house, as you can imagine, Welsh art everywhere. <laughs> can I tell you? So the only Welsh phrase I can remember that I've rem- I don't know why this one. Well, I do know why, but this one. This is the only one that's stuck in my head all these years. Is mind a bunny? It depends. It depends, and the only reason I remember it is because it just sounds like saying "mind the bunny" in English. <laughs> mind the bunny yeah that's a good one and of course i think a lot of people would know poppy ping poppy ping yeah microwave in welsh oh amazing that's a, that is a great word poppy ping and then there's a there's, i feel like there's this really nice welsh word for excellent that i always forget but it sounds lovely Arverchog. that's it i uh, really like that word yeah that's a good good sounding word Okay. Anyway, um, I just want to say thank you very much for chatting to us, Kellen, and giving us all these last phrases. Thank you for asking me. It's, it's, it's lovely. Well, I mean, oh, and we should also point out as a final thought, of course, Kellen, you're going to come join us over at Drangabite and start doing some of our podcasts for us too. Yeah, if you'll have me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> How could we ever say no to the great Kellen Kenny? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Thank you again, Kellen. See you all, Cheers, bye. Bye. I just want to say thank you to Kellen for recording that episode with us. And as we said then, Kellen will be joining us soon as one of our presenters here. So hopefully we'll be hearing more from her in the future. For this week though, thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.